I spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious mergers and acquisition specialists around. And now I've decided to take the leap into buying businesses. The real questions are how will I do it? How much of the behind the scenes can we really show? And how can business owners like you maximize their purchase price and build generational wealth? This show is going to give you the answers. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we buy, sell, or merge healthcare businesses and physical therapy practices. I'm Dave Kittle, and this is The Dave Kittle Show. Welcome back to The Dave Kittle Show. I am Dave Kittle, owner of Concierge Pain Relief Home Physical Therapy in New York City and the CEO of the Fieldmaker Group. We're currently speaking with practice owners seeking partnerships or acquiring some or all of their practice. And if you are not ready to exit, if you're not ready to have a succession plan, exit strategy, or if you're not ready to bring on a partner, sell out to us or you know another corporate, whatever it might be, then you are probably in your practice looking to add things like private pay services, cash-based services. And today's content, I have nothing to sell you, nothing in for me. Maybe this will help you grow your practice. And then we'll have to pay a little bit more in the future to potentially buy your practice or Someone else will have to pay a little bit more in the future to buy your practice. So today we're going to talk about private pay services, cash-based physical therapy. It's a very popular thing. It has been for some for some time. I have nothing to sell you. There's not going to be any pitch or any other thing here. Hopefully just a good amount of value and help. So there's a lot of common mistakes physical therapists, PTs, OTs, SLPs. A lot of common mistakes that therapists make when presenting their cash pay rates or out-of-pocket rates. When we are asking patients to pay out-of-pocket, even when they already have insurance, right? So we know it's a challenging thing. This is a, a thing that I did with Ron Miller years ago in our cash practice mastermind. We, I don't do it anymore. I don't think he does it anymore. I don't do any you know consulting, whatever. So hopefully this will help with presenting cash rates, overcoming objections with a killer or effective yet ethical sales script. And not necessarily a sales script where you got to read word for word, but more of like the methodology of understanding how to best approach these conversations. So number one, prospective patients, they don't, they don't fully they don't know that you're private payer out of pocket or they just assume their insurance covers everything, right? So a lot of therapists out there, a lot of practice owners or the admins that are trained by these practice owners, they don't fully explain why they don't take that individual's insurance. One thing you can do is you want to frame it as good news. Good news to the prospective patient, even though you could certainly say it like, we don't take your insurance and we don't take that insurance. And it comes off as negative or almost like bad news. So you can frame this as as good news. We're going to get into that. Or they don't explain why they are fee for service or out of pocket or private pay or cash pay, whatever. However, you're describing your situation, whether it's some of your services are out of pocket and cash pay, or if you're 100% away from insurance and maybe you take Medicare, maybe you don't, whatever it might be. Number one thing, common mistake, whether it's the admin or if it's you, the therapist or the practice owner, whoever is on the phone with these prospective patients, big, big common mistake is that they are not building enough rapport and credibility or authority on the phone. One thing that Ron Miller years ago helped me out with is that we, whether it's us or the, the admin or secretary or whoever is answering your front desk phone, they have to control the conversation. They are leading the dance. They have to control the flow of information, providing value, uh, but it, it cannot be transactional. So we're going to get into a little bit more of that. The majority, this is what we see, is what a lot of people have seen <laughs> over the years. The majority of the first call or the first interaction is not laser focused on the prospective patient's goals or needs or wants. So they're calling in. I've said this a million times on other episodes. They're calling in for your physical therapy. 
they were told by a friend or family member to call you, contact you, whatever it might be, maybe a physician referred them to you. That first phone call has to be laser focused around their goals, their needs or wants, not about your certifications or where you went to DPT school or single board certified, double board certified, whatever it might be. They don't completely care. And that's not really going to change their decision making in regards to if they're going to work with you or not. So another thing is these calls, sometimes if they go off the rails, it's when they, these prospective phone calls, these prospective patients calling in, common mistake, how your service can help achieve their goals and get them back to doing what they love, the things that they can't do right now. Huge common mistake. If you want it to be transactional and and not really get a lot of prospective patients or clients to say yes and take you up on private pay services or out-of-pocket services, certainly keep it transactional. But if you're obviously listening for the, you know this and you're watching or listening to other content out there on the internet around this whole conversation, this whole dynamic of in-network insurances, the reimbursement is shrinking, it's declining or plateauing. And so there's more and more physical therapists and practice owners that are looking for private pay services, other options, or just charging out-of-pocket private pay fee rate for the services, physical therapy, OT, PT, SLP, whatever it might be. Another common one, and this is what happens when you're a newbie, when you're early on, and if you don't have experience and you don't have confidence in how to flow these new initial phone calls, is that you or your admin or your secretary, they get stumped. They get stumped by the common objections to cash pay. They don't know what else to say. And I've helped a lot of folks over the years. I I don't do it anymore, but I used to help a lot of practice owners keep the conversation going, fill in the gaps so that they don't get stumped, so that they remain confident and they can have a professional flowing conversation as opposed to getting nervous or getting anxious and like just letting that person get off the phone, just trying to like hang up the phone because you got stumped and you didn't know what to say. Uh, We're going to get into some of those objections as well. Uh, Another common mistake, whatever you charge, let's say for a a private pay visit, I did the episode recently about $250 per visit or more. Let's just say if you charge $125 per visit, wherever you are in the U.S., you just tell the prospective patient over the phone, like, yeah, the, the rate is 125 per visit without any other supporting numbers or supporting detail that demonstrates value. So the thing I'm talking about is price anchoring. If you go on Amazon, you look up any product on Amazon, it usually will have... So I'm looking at uh, batting gloves right now because I play weekend <laughs> baseball here in Brooklyn. I'm looking at batting gloves. I'm not sharing the screen. But if you look up any product on Amazon, there is a list price So these batting gloves, the list price was $43.99. If you go on Amazon, list price, it says a dollar amount. It's crossed out. It's a little bit smaller font. And then the price of these batting gloves is just $24.98. And it says you save $19.01. So the font of what it actually costs, the font is a little bit bigger. This, folks, is called price anchoring. If you go by any car dealership, used car dealership, there'll be a price. It's crossed out. And then there'll be like a lower price. That is called price anchoring. That's a huge common mistake that if you are interacting with patients, clients, consumers, whatever it might be, if you are not using something like price anchoring, that is a huge reason as to why people are being shocked and surprised and caught off guard that you charge out of pocket for things that they assume or they think or they believe should be covered by their health insurance. We all know that it's not, or if it is, it's obviously capped with in-network reimbursement. Maybe you're doing out-of-network, so you have a little bit more room whatever it might be. So here's how to avoid the common mistakes so that you can leverage our strategies or my strategies, if you'd like. So 
Like I said, we should take control of the conversation, lead the dance by saying, hey, I actually have great news for you. We no longer have a relationship with your insurance. And here's why it greatly benefits you. And you can go down that route. Any of these things will fit you a little bit better. And some of these phrases will not fit you and your style. So that's totally up to you. Another way you could say it is, hey, you know, hey, over the phone, the initial phone call, hey, we're we're fee for service, which means we can spend as much time with you as as you need or as you like, whether that's one on one or whatever it might be without insurance limitations so that we can get to the root cause of your issue. We need to find the root cause of your issue. And then we need to have a game plan as to how to resolve it or fix the root cause of your issue. All these types of things. And when someone's just calling around looking for in-network insurances, obviously it's very easy to just be like, yes, we take your insurance or whatever. And then you schedule the person. But if you're charging over 100 or 200 or $300 per visit, out of pocket per visit, there has to be more of a, you have to slow down the process. There has to be a little bit more of a conversation. Again, whether it's you speaking to prospective patients or clients on the phone, your admin, administrative team, concierge specialist, secretary, whatever whatever it might be. So we take out of network insurances, but let's just say if you take Medicare only and then you do private pay for the rest of the services or you're just private pay for every service, you could say things like, you know, we give you a full super bill receipt once a month or at the end of the week or at the end of your plan of care with an itemized list of insurance codes with the ICD-10 codes. And this would be a complete breakdown of exactly what we did during each of these visits. And I'll provide you with all the guidelines on how to submit your receipts, your insurance for possible reimbursement. I will email this PDF document to you. Oftentimes, it's as simple as uploading the PDF to your insurance website, or maybe it's faxing. Some of the insurances are different. Again, this is if your core service, you're trying to do your core service of therapy via private pay, strictly cash pay. It's totally up to you. So the rest of that is if you qualify for reimbursement, this would be if they have out-of-network benefits and many, you know, some people do and some people don't, then it may only take three or four weeks for your insurance to write you a check for a reimbursement consideration and they mail you that. Also, the 1500 form is usually better for reimbursement. So many patients across the country with therapists that are doing private pay or out-of-pocket services for their core service therapy that is typically covered by insurance a lot of those insurances will not want your PDF super bill or breakdown of the cost per your charge cost per unit. Uh, But what they want sometimes or oftentimes would be the actual, I think it's the CMS 1500 form, which will then give your patient less barriers or less issues with them submitting it and potentially getting reimbursement consideration. If they have in-network insurance only, then there would be no reimbursement consideration. If they're paying you 100 or 200 out of pocket and their plan has in-network benefits only and there's no out-of-network benefits on their plan, then most of the time, and you want to make sure you say this, most of the time, you won't get reimbursement consideration. In some cases, sometimes people do, but you want to just hedge and make sure you don't overstep and say like, yeah, every single per- oh, you're everyone's going to get reimbursement and you just submit this and you know to your insurance and And then if they don't get reimbursed, then they're going to be potentially upset or mad at you. So you don't want to mislead people. If they get reimbursed down the road, wonderful, right? Great. Now, we don't do this because we have a biller that we have an outsourced biller and we do take out-of-network insurance benefits. So the United Healthcare, Cigna, Oxford, Aetna, Blue Cross, Blue Shield. And then only for those plans, those patients that have out-of-network benefits, then we use that biller to bill their insurance once they hit their deductible. Now, for the people that have in-network insurance only, and if they decide to work with us and they want to pay out-of-pocket, then it would be the out-of-pocket rate. 
And we're about 60% through out-of-network insurance benefits. And then about 40% of my practice, concierge pain relief, is strictly private pay. So we have every single patient's card on file. That's another thing that I see that doesn't make sense to me. Practices across the country. Now, I know some of you watching or listening are going to say that some of your patients don't have credit cards or debit cards. Okay, maybe. I'm sure, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure it happens. But we don't allow people to work with us if they don't have a credit card or debit card or an HSA card or FSA card. So we, as part of our policy, like we have to have a card on file because we charge a 24-hour cancellation policy. That's just us. You don't have to do that as well. But you know, that's just how we roll because we do mobile concierge visits and our therapists schedule them and book them on their calendar or whatever. So I just don't understand why most practice owners don't have their patients or clients' cards on file and have them sign a, a card on file, you know, securely held, whatever, in your credit card processor software. I don't know why, but we do. And it seems to work well for us. And you'll probably have a reason as to why it may not work for you or, or you have patients that don't have credit cards or debit cards. Okay, but I just, you know, just wanted to mention it. So let's go back to the phone call process. In the beginning of the first phone call or interaction with a prospective patient, make sure you describe why you're different. That's kind of obvious, but you want to lead with describing why you're either out of pocket or here's why we used to take in-network insurance and there's reimbursement limitations or private pay allows us to give you more of this time where we can do exactly what we want to do, which is we want to have the one-on-one time to find your issue and resolve your issue in the shortest amount of time possible. Maybe it's six to eight visits or 10 visits as opposed to you know 30 visits if they were to go somewhere else, who knows? So here's exactly how you build rapport, credibility, and authority if and when you have the time between treating patients and when a prospective patient calls in, or again, if you're admin or whoever's answering the phone, consider this. The length of the phone call is not guaranteeing you the ability to onboard a patient that's going to pay $100 or $200 or $300 out of pocket per visit. But the phone calls typically will be longer compared to if it's just very transactional, like, do you take my insurance or not? Like someone who's calling around just looking for insurance. So at least in the beginning, if you're training a new admin, a new front desk staff, et cetera, they should get practice with potentially considering keeping these prospective patients on the phone a little longer because you can typically build more rapport in that amount of time. You want to ask open-ended questions. You're leading the call, you're leading the dance, but you're asking open-ended questions about themselves and their situation. And the more that you're asking questions about What's important to them? Are they looking for a specialist? Of course. Are they looking for hands-on therapy? Probably. Are they looking for a specialist who knows their condition? Like maybe you have weekend warriors like pickleball and you can talk about that. Or you can, you you have a therapist that knows about maybe their TPI specialist, TPI credited or whatever it's called for golf swing. So they can speak about the golf swing and how to help golfers play longer, hit the ball further without aches and pains, whatever it might be. So linking a potential specialist in your practice, someone who understands their issue, and then speaking about that individual like, oh yes, we actually have a specialist or an expert for your issue. And they they have a lot of good results or great results in resolving your type of issue in an efficient manner, not necessarily in three to six months or probably won't take a year. So instead it could be much shorter because we have a a specialist who evaluates and treats a lot of folks that have your type of issue 
or they treat a lot of folks that are pickleballers, or they treat a lot of folks that are CrossFitters, whatever it might be. So just consider if you're trying to sell something out of pocket, or even if it's in person, maybe they're they're coming through your practice, in-network insurance, whatever, but you're trying to position them, you're trying to get them to do remote programming that's out of pocket or do a gym membership that's out of pocket as part of their aftercare or doing some wellness package or wellness membership that's compression boots or acupuncture or massage or whatever it might be, some out of pay, out of pocket, dry needling could be another thing. Anything that's maybe not covered or that you don't bill your the in-network insurance, laser, whatever it might be, shockwave, those types of things, whatever those modalities or treatment options might be, you are presenting those to that that individual in person in your clinic. And that conversation should not be rushed. So you want to have as much time as possible. You don't have to be overly salesy, but you want to let them know like, here's this thing or this package or this service that you have that's available. You think that they might be the right fit for it once they are graduated from their plan of care, if it's through in-network or once they're graduated through their plan of care and they've exhausted their 20 or 60 or whatever visits per calendar year. And here's another way for you, if you'd like, as an option, here's another way for you to continue to invest in your health and wellness. Or here's another way for you to continue to focus on your short-term goals, your long-term goals of getting back to CrossFit or getting back to pickleball or golf, or for you to get for you to keep the momentum that we've helped you get during the therapy plan of care, but you have some trip to Europe planned in two months from now. And this could be an option for you, for you to continue to come back into our practice or do remote programming where you do it over an app or something like that, kind of like remote therapeutic monitoring, but a private pay service. And it keeps them doing their home exercises or it keeps them engaged in some aftercare program that they're paying for but it's linking them between the plan of care and whatever the next event is. They have a CrossFit event. They have a golf outing coming up with work or a private, some corporate golf event or whatever it might be, something they're looking forward to in the future. So linking that discharged or again, not saying discharge, but the graduated plan of care, they've exhausted their in-network insurance benefits. Hey, just so you know, Mr. Mrs. Johnson, we have this other option. Let me tell you about it. Here's a handout. Here's some information about it. And here's why it might make sense for you between now where you're pausing that plan of care or we're graduating that plan of care. And this wellness option is kind of like a holistic thing. So your upper body, your lower body, your balance, your strength, whatever it might be, linking them from where they're at right now and where they want to keep going. They don't want to have any regression. It's a way for you to potentially do some handholding, some accountability. It's up to you as to what type of the wellness service it might be. Again, it could be in that office, in person. It could be remote, digital, or some hybrid of that. So the longer that you're able to have a conversation that's not rushed, you're just providing them with that information. It's up to them to want to take it forward. And if they want to try it out or not, or they might have objections and we can get into that. So again, talking about their goals, All of these interactions, again, focus on their plan, the prospective patient's goals, their needs, their wants, whatever they care about. You have to dig deeper. You want to uncover those internal emotions, not necessarily the external emotions. So when you start to uncover and discuss the internal emotions, you'll kind of, and you'll probably do this in person, like during their plan of care for physical therapy or OT or whatever it might be. 
but you're continuing to connect deeper with your prospective patient, this prospective client that you're speaking with, or as you know, they're kind of progressing during their plan of care. And therefore, you will significantly build more trust with your prospective patient, typically leading to a much higher likelihood that they will say yes to paying you this private pay service or this wellness service because it's helping them. It's up to them to say yes, but it's not like, you know, you're selling them some, you know, you're not selling cigarettes or like something that's junk. You're actually helping them. You've done well with this. You've invested time and effort and, and money into the this therapy program, whatever you've invested into your health and wellness. Here's another way. Here's a way for you to continue to invest in your health and wellness. And here's why it might benefit you. You definitely want to focus on ways where you can avoid being stumped. So they're going to say things like, you know, I, I don't know, I got to think about it, or I need to speak with my spouse about it. I need to sleep on it. I, you know, it's a little more expensive. It's more than I thought it would be, whatever. So we're going to get into that really quick. We discussed the price anchoring. Again, check out Amazon or any other online uh, online website where it's listing some e-commerce product and it'll show the product's dollar amount and then crossed out and then the actual dollar amount that you'd actually be charging. It could go a long way to letting folks know. It's Again, it's not really trickery. It's used all over the internet. So you could say things like, this wellness service is $1,000. If it were 100% of my time or 100% of one of our, our therapist's time, it would actually, we'd have to charge $2,000, let's just say. But because it's part in-person in the office, part digital, let's just say, and it's a hybrid wellness program where they come in, they do some home exercises after they're graduated from their plan of care. They do some of that in person, maybe once a week, maybe once a month, they pop in the office. And then other times they're doing their home exercise over this app or this platform, whatever it might be. And because there's the hybrid, they actually save some money. So instead of $2,000, it's just $1,000. So those are the types of things that you can consider. Now let's go into overcoming objections with rebuttals, how to overcome objections. Here's a really good rule is like, always agree with your prospective patient. So if they say things like, oh, wow, that's, um, that's too much money. You could say, you're right. I agree. It's expensive. It's a premium product. And you seem like the type of person who deserves a premium experience, or you seem like the type of person who might like a premium experience or a, or a one-on-one experience. It, this is not for everyone. Maybe a third of the people that call your practice, regardless of what type of practice you are, maybe a third will always want to use in-network insurance and they will never pay out of pocket. And maybe the next third will always pay out of pocket and they don't really give you a lot of resistance. And then that middle third is the folks who are still surprised that you're charging out of pocket for whatever your service or whatever it might be. They're a little surprised they're a little caught off guard they don't really they probably don't really know why you know is it worth it whatever so the the that third and again this could be skewed you might say 90% of your people that call in are looking to use their in network insurance you know maybe that could be but that ne- that other 10% could they have the means they might say that they don't have the money or it's too expensive but they would still have the means to pay out of pocket to invest in their health and wellness if you show them that it was valuable. If you were able to describe why other people, without using any other names, but why other people pay out of pocket for your services, or maybe you do video testimonials or whatever of people in the community that have already gone through your private pay services. 
and you you do an, a video interview that you convert to a video testimonial, and you ask them like, you know, hey, this was this is a good amount of money out of pocket, like Mr. and Mrs. Johnson, like, why did you decide to to do this? And then also then how was it, and do you regret it, and was it worth it, and all that type of stuff. But like those types of things you could use as social proof to kind of reinforce people who then want to look at your social media, your website, whatever. They're going to think it's too much money. I need to think about it. I need to talk to my spouse about it, whatever. But the more touch points you might have on your website or online or whatever, then it kind of feeds like it's pre-selling or it's pre-convincing those prospective patients who are calling in or that you have in your clinic who then they're kind of, they're seeing the social proof and they're saying like, okay, so it's not just, I wouldn't be the only one doing this. There's a lot of people in the community in this neighborhood, in the city or whatever that have paid this practice out of pocket for dry needling, for compression boots, for wellness services, laser, shockwave, whatever it might be, those types of things. So there are people that have done this. You're not the only one. There's a lot of people that have opted for this and, you know, here's why we do it and and et cetera, all that. So prospective patient, if they say, Hey, that's too much money that, you know, that's, uh, you know, that $300 a visit or, you know, $2,000 for a treatment package. That's a lot of money. I mean, that's like out of my budget at this time. And you could say, or your admin could say, I understand. And I agree with you, Mr. Johnson. Most of the prospective patients say the same thing at this point when they hear about our private pay rates or the wellness package out of pocket, whatever. So just so you know, you're in the same boat as them. Now, Mr. Johnson, Just because you have made some decisions in the past that didn't make sense, or you might have made some purchases that you didn't really need, or that you didn't really, they didn't, those purchases didn't really help your situation. People that buy crap on Amazon or whatever that they don't really need. Just because you might have made purchases in the past, it shouldn't mean that you would penalize yourself today from getting the things that do make sense and things that you do need. So let's do this, Mr. Johnson. And then you could go into, let me, you know, we could schedule a console, a visit, whatever, a tour, send them more information, whatever. That might be, the way I said that, that might be a little bit too aggressive or a little too forward, depending on where you're at in the country, whatever I understand. So how about this? A prospective patient, you describe something out of pocket, cash pay, cash-based physical therapy, private pay services. Patient says, I need to talk it over with my spouse. And your practice, your admin, your secretary, et cetera, they reply with, Mrs. Johnson, I agree. I talk with my spouse and discuss every financial commitment before we make a decision too. But let me ask you, does your spouse know that you're in pain? Or does your spouse know that you have this chronic vestibular or dizziness issue or chronic diabetic neuropathy or chronic migraines, whatever? And of course, the patient's going to say, Oh yeah, of course they know I have this pain or they know that I have chronic migraines or headaches or complex regional pain syndrome or whatever it might be. And then your practice says, okay, yeah, I thought so. I figured that they would know about it. Now, I I bet if you were to call your spouse right now and we were all on the same phone together, the same phone call discussing how you'd be investing in your health and wellness, I bet that he or she would agree that you focusing on your health would be the right decision for you and your family. Would you agree? And they'll be like, uh, I mean, again, this is a little, this could be a little forward depending on how my tonality is. And depending on how I'm saying it, the patient might say like, oh yeah, I, I guess like, again, it's a, you and your team will know your strengths best in regards to how to say things like this over the phone 
or how how to change your your tone or your presentation in person or over the phone with this prospective patient, depending on how they are on the phone and depending on who they are and who referred them and all that. So patient, let's say they stutter and they, you know, like, uh, yeah, I guess like, so your practice could say, right. So you and your spouse are on the same page in regards to investing in your health and wellness or making investments in your health, because you're not just considering you individually, you're, you're keeping in mind that this decision benefits the health and wellness of your entire family, not just you, but also your spouse, your children, the rest of your family, so that you can get back to doing the things that you love and being independent and pain-free and getting back to the things you love, which then you would have already known from the call and you go back and you use those. So you would say, so that you can get back to doing the things that you love, like, and you fill in whatever they told you before and you say exactly their words. So whether it's CrossFit, pickleball, golf, traveling to Europe, going to the Jersey Shore, whatever it might be, you insert it right there in this process. You have to circle back to the things that they've already told you as to what's important to them. Otherwise, this won't be effective. So again, we're talking about your health and wellness. We're talking about the health and wellness of your entire family, not just you. If you were to continue to invest time and effort in your health and wellness. And I know this is a little bit more than you thought you'd spend, but since you're serious about your health and wellness and the security of your family or the well-being of your family or the ability for you to engage with your family, it could be wise to make this type of investment. Ultimately, it's up to you. I mean, ultimately, we're just providing this as an option. And this is, you know, again, there's no hard sales here. It's just like you're offering, you're just bringing up their previous goals. You're saying, I have this thing. I have this service, this package, this modality, this long-term strength and conditioning program that requires in-person and remote and digital accountability or whatever. Digital group classes, weekly, monthly, whatever, where it's all your previous patients, if you wanted to, it's totally up to you. So if someone's getting uneasy, then maybe you're being a little bit too pushy. So you could say something like, you know, I, I apologize, Mrs. Johnson. Please know I'm, I'm not trying to be pushy. I'm passionate about what we do. I'm passionate about this service. I'm passionate about the therapists or the, you know, the doctors or whoever that's here, the healthcare providers. I'm passionate about the team here because we see so many great outcomes. We see people that have graduated their plan of care for their in, you know, their insurance therapy. And then they continue to use these private pay services or they, they continue to use our wellness membership or whatever, whatever it might be. And we've seen people make really drastic improvements in their, in their health and wellness, whether they lost X amount of pounds or they were able to get off some of their cardiac medications or diabetic medications or, you know, less dosage or things like that, where they've actually started to rely less on injections or rely less on medications or things like that. So, you know, we could get you started now. What do you say? Do you want to start this week? Do you want to start next week? Um, you know, those are the types of things you kind of need to navigate and you get experience the more and more you're doing this. So that patient, let's say they reply with, they want to think about it. Mrs. Johnson, I understand. You know, I agree. I, I think you should think about it. I think anyone in this situation will always want to think about it and make a wise decision before they don't want to be pushed into some rushed or rash decision, right? So you could say, do you want to think about it for two to three days or two to three weeks? And most of the time, someone will say two to three days. They will usually choose two to three days instead of two to three weeks. So you'll want to ask a permission 
you want to ask permission to follow up with them over a call or email or text. So you ask them, you know, okay, so how long do you need to think about this? Do you need two or three days? Or do you think you need two or three weeks? Most people pick two to three days. And then you say, how about I follow up with you in two to three days? Why don't we do three days? I'll follow up with you or the admin, whoever is doing this. I'll follow up with you in three days. Let's put it on the calendar. I'm going to call you or the admin is going to call you. So I will, we will call you and then you pick a time. So you make it like a scheduled call. So morning, evening, 10 a.m., 5.30, 7.15 p.m., whatever it might be. You put it on the calendar. You can send them a calendar invite for this call. And it's really just a touch base call, but you're putting it on the calendar It gives them time to actually not be pushed into making a decision right now. If you're trying to, I mean, there's some therapists that are selling two, three, five, six, $8,000 treatment packages. And so those people absolutely will need time to think about it and make sure that they have some amount of money to put down for the package or, or pay, uh, get a discount. And maybe they get 10, 15, 20% discount. And they, you know, they put all the money down up front for the package. So those are the types of things you can navigate. Those are the types of things that you will hear from people. I want to think about it. I need to speak with my spouse about it. It's, you know, it's too expensive, whatever it might be. But here's the thing that I've noticed over the years of doing home visits in now, again, I'm in New York city. So it's a little bit different. I understand that the cost of living um, and all that is, is higher here. So surely take that as a, with a grain of salt. But the one thing I've noticed is when I go into patients, or clients' homes over the years is that sometimes the people that initially said that it was too expensive or that they didn't have the money for it. And I I go to their home for the evaluation. They eventually say yes or whatever, either then or, or down the road, they say yes. So then I enter their home and it's a really big place. So they have discretionary income. There's Amazon boxes everywhere. They're getting deliveries from all these you know places like Amazon and all these other websites. So again, discretionary cash, discretionary income. So they're spenders, a lot of people, not everyone, but this is my reflection of people who upfront say things like that's expensive, or I don't have the money for that, or I need to speak with my spouse about it, or, you know, I don't know, it's, it's really expensive. I, I need to think about it. That's, you know, I don't know why you don't just take my insurance or whatever, but then you, then I go to their home and they clearly have the money to pay out of pocket for like any therapy service or any wellness service that's even possibly available across the country. And so just remember that just because someone says it's expensive or wow, like, Oh wow, it's, it's that much. Like, I, I don't know why does my insurance cover it? Or, you know, I pay a lot for my insurance or my, my employer says we have a great coverage and a great plan and all that. And like, that has nothing to do with you. It's just like some people will, just as a knee-jerk reaction, they will say those things. They will say those things to kind of slow the conversation down, which is why you need to have a great trained front desk person to overcome these objections, or at least to keep the conversation going, circling back as much as possible. You know, I, I know it's expensive, but you previously said that you spent a lot of money on golf and you go to Florida and you go to Arizona and you go to all these, you know, exotic golf courses and you, or you're, part of a country club, private, private club. And you said that you spent a lot of money there. And you said that you spent, I don't even know how much golf clubs are uh, a set of golf clubs, but I don't know, two to $10,000 and probably way more than that. 
but let's say, oh, you know, you previously mentioned you spent $8,000 on a pair of clubs and those clubs only lasted you three years. How about a health and wellness program that's less than $8,000 and builds your foundation or helps you rebuild your foundation of the health and wellness of the rest of your life? And how do you even put a price on that? You can't, it's priceless. Your health and wellness is priceless, but the foundation of that wellness course or that wellness offering that you have, let's say it's less than the $8,000 that that person invested in golf clubs that now they don't like those golf clubs. So those are the types of things where the conversation becomes less salesy when you're using the words and phrases that they've previously told you on the phone. If you use their words, they can't get mad at you. If you use their phrases, the things that they love, the things that they spend time with, the things that they want to do, the place they want to go. If you reuse those words, those phrases, use those things in your responses to their objections. They give you an objection. You're trying to overcome their objection with a rebuttal, but it should not be combative. The more you use their previous words and phrases, it's like you're just holding up a mirror and their words are kind of being bounced back right at them. And then you'll be able to convert more folks to invest in their health and wellness, to pay out of pocket for your services, your modalities, your offerings, whatever it might be. And then insurance becomes less of an issue. They don't bring insurance up as much because you're holding that mirror up, that, that this fake mirror, you're holding up something that's bouncing their words right back at them. You're giving them a little bit of guidance like, hey, you know, you said you've had this issue for quite a while and you're frustrated and you really want to address it or whatever. And we've already exhausted your in-network insurance benefits and you only had 20 visits per calendar year and you've used them up or maybe they had more visits, but you used them up. And here's a way for us to continue to assist you, whether in the office or remote or some hybrid. So. That's a good amount right there in terms of the common questions, the common objections. I want to think about it. Sleep. I want to need to sleep on it. I need to speak with my spouse about it. They say something like they, they need to speak to their spouse about it. Their spouse already knows that they're there with you at your office. And their spouse already knows that they're going through these health and wellness issues. It's no secret, right? So these are all objections. These are just knee-jerk reactions that humans use because they, they are either a little uncomfortable or they're anxious or they want to slow the process down, or they want to control the process. They want to control the conversation. So those are the types of things that we've helped a lot of previous practice owners and and therapy practices with. The phone call or these interactions are really, they can really help a lot of therapy practice owners position themselves as why someone would pay out of pocket when they already have insurance and here's why. So I think that's enough for now. I think I'll do another episode where I go a little bit more into the sales script, even though you shouldn't follow sales script word for word, but I have more. So subscribe to the channel. If this is helpful, valuable, let me know. The Dave Kittle Show, subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, and Spotify. We'll catch you here on the next time. And we'll go from there. Bye. Hey, it's Dave Kittle. Are you a healthcare business owner or physical therapy practice owner who is looking to figure out your succession plan or exit strategy? We might be able to help. And in fact, we may be interested in acquiring your practice. If you're interested, you can reach out to me. Shoot me an email at dave at concierge pain relief. 
com. That's D-A-V-E at C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E, painrelief.com. Or you can call me at any time, 646-781-8884.